0: He keeps himself in trim by bending bars of iron. This bar is the genuine article which we tested before he began to play with it.
1: Beyond the Bend Beyond the
0: Bend All right, everybody. Welcome back to Beyond the Bend. Very happy to have my good buddy, From the Midwest here, Kyle Mertz, welcome to the show, bud.
1: Thanks for having me, man. Appreciate it. All right. So in
0: life, there's super niche things, steel bending being one of those. But when I come across somebody that's in this realm of uh, grip strength and steel bending, and then we have, uh, have something on top of that in common, then it's like uh, the scene in Step Brothers when we're like, did we just come uh, become best friends? So (laughs) (laughs) Kyle, like myself, grew up going to hardcore shows. And um, that is something, you know, they call it the hardcore handshake. It's like if you had that experience growing up, there's like an instant kinship. It's just uh, something atypical that uh, not everyone experiences. And if you did it. It doesn't matter if you're across the country. It's uh, basically like this ultimate common ground. So um, as soon as I saw Kyle, I knew we'd be uh, quick friends. So I'm happy to have him on the show. And uh, tell me about the first time you saw someone bend a piece of steel.
1: So uh, I've definitely, uh, to kind of top that off with the whole hardcore thing i almost think it goes with the whole niche strength thing too like uh definitely saw you doing it um saw um bulldog marty martin i started following him probably before i followed anyone else and i was just like man this guy's just got some raw power he's over here bending horseshoes pieces of metal like steel all sorts of cool stuff and then uh devin hoover is another one uh watching him do that i kind of what we talked about earlier does the dumbfounded me that this guy is like bending stuff that's like probably maybe twice his body weight or maybe like just ridiculous feats of strength with those little metal pieces and stuff and it's a uh, it's pretty sweet and then obviously uh squeezes uh saw him doing that a lot when I was uh first getting into grip I started buying some stuff from him and I saw him bending it and I was like never seen Anybody do this kind of stuff, like at least on Instagram before I knew about the old time stuff and everything, but I was kind of dumbfounded and amazed. And I think that kind of got the momentum going for me wanting to try it. But I, much like everybody else, when you first start, you're kind of like, I don't really know where I'm going with it. So I'll just kind of watch these other guys do it. And eventually, if I'm got a training spot where I can start implementing it, maybe I'll try and give it a whirl. So
0: yeah, hell yeah. So yeah, I think the first I came across you was I think the couch potato guys maybe posted something and yeah, I, I saw think, your uh, screen
1: name and I was like, All right, that's what's up. Yeah. Uh <laughs> when I when they sent me those golden potatoes, I think that definitely got a little momentum going for me too. Cause uh I hit uh I don't remember what place I placed on the leaderboard, but obviously a bunch of other people started getting them and my numbers became obsolete because there's so many amazing people in the grip world, but uh, They uh, definitely made some connections with some more grip people and a lot of steel benders that I probably wouldn't have been able to find on my own unless I was going out and physically looking for them and stuff.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it's cool that Devin was uh, your intro to it because he was one of the first people I discovered as well. And uh, as far as uh, Marty, that's a great guy to discover because he's so positive and encouraging of everybody. And hopefully, we'll be like the next guest on the show. It's going to (laughs) happen.
1: Heck yeah. Awesome. Um, I would love to see that episode.
0: Yeah. So, like I was saying, and I've said before, is when I started this podcast, it was important to me to represent everybody of all abilities in steel bending, not just the elite of the elite, but you know, people all along the way because it is a a really interesting thing and it has a bunch of interesting people involved in it. So basically, Kyle is just starting out. I just sent him his um uh, Uh, a a box full of nails and some wraps maybe like a month ago if that and he's really uh having a lot of fun with it so tell me about what it's been like to get into bending a little bit
1: um it's definitely i'm not gonna lie when when i got the package from you i opened it and i looked at some of that stuff and i was pretty intimidated because uh it's it's one of those things where that like, like we've talked about with the niche group, sometimes you get a, you get a little nervous to step foot into those waters. Cause I mean, there's a lot of positive people that I've met through grip and strong man and Moss wrestling and that. And with, uh, with how we were talking about how niche, some of the steel bending stuff is, I was like, man, I I'm going to have to like, I'm going to be that new guy in the pond now. So I'm, I'm not going to be afraid to ask questions and I'm going to have to basically look like I'm starting over again, but uh, watching like your videos and Devin's videos and Martin squeezes all these other people. And then a, a buddy of mine that I trained with at uh, our gym, he got uh, into it probably about seven months before I did. He was only into it for like a couple of weeks, but he, uh, he was telling me some pointers and other stuff too. He's like, here's what you shouldn't do since I just kind of went on my own and did this and did not, it did not work out very well for me. But right. I think one of the best things about that kind of niche training is, is if you watch enough videos and you talk to enough people, you can figure out what works best for you. Because obviously, maybe a wrapping trick that you use might not be the wrapping trick that's for me. But if I talk to enough people or watch enough videos, you can kind of get a grasp on, hey, this is what's going to work for me, or I might be able to get more pressure by doing this, or I might be able to get a better angle doing this. So I think trial and error was definitely the fun part about it. I didn't get frustrated. I just, I was excited because then when I finally would hit like, okay, I want to hit this by this day, or, Hey, I'm going to, these, these have been bending pretty easy. Maybe I should step up and try this, or I should hit up somebody and ask them what would be a good next step for this. And I think that's one of the exciting things about that again, is that it's a, it's a good way to test your strength, but one day you might be able to bend something. And then the next day you might not be able to bend it. But the fun part about that is is you can leave it in those wraps and sit it there and let it haunt you for like a day or two and be like, okay, I'm going to come back to this and I'm going to get this. This is my goal. So it's definitely been a fun journey that, uh, I'm I'm just not letting myself get frustrated because I know that there's, there's so much more out there that I can just get better and better and better. There's not really a stopping point at this point. There's all sorts of, there's horseshoe bending, there's the body braced bending, there's shorter nails that I can bend or shorter bolts that I can bend. Like there's there's a variety and like cool way of like being able to train in a vast majority of it, but also enjoy the little things that are in it too. So.
0: Oh yeah, for sure, man. Um, so take me uh back uh, with your background. Did you always, were you always a strong kid growing up? What was that like for you?
1: So from age five to 19, I was actually a competition swimmer all throughout like grade school and all that. I was in like traveling clubs and stuff like that. My uh my high school swim team, we broke a bunch of records and went to state almost every year that I was there. And so yeah. I probably weighed like a buck 45 sopping wet, but had like the swimmer bod. So like I had these huge shoulders and these big legs, but then my torso it's like you could see my rib cage and stuff. And so when I uh when I got into college is probably when I far I like First started going to the gym and like actually wanting to like lift some weights I had no idea what I was doing but I was like I know that I don't want to be a little skinny guy anymore and I want to like get into shape and actually start doing some lifting. I had a couple of buddies that were into like powerlifting, so I guess that was like my debut to strength was I was like yeah. oh I'm going to be a power lifter and start lifting with my buddies and stuff and then eventually I uh, I met a couple other people that introduced me to Stout and the owner of my gym John so I got into Stout and it was just it was pretty much uphill from there because he got me into like strongman highland games uh moss wrestling arm wrestling like grip all that stuff like it was pretty much just i i had been so limited by not having very much knowledge about the strength world and then all of a sudden it's like i walk into this building and it's like wow there's literally so much out there that i can train for and have fun with and Like I can, I can be agile, but also this like chunky strongman dude that can eat donuts in between sets and lift these giant heavy things and stuff. (laughs) So it, uh, it definitely went from being like, all right, I'm in a routine and just doing this one sport for majority of my life to now it's like, Hey, are you going to do this? Or, Hey, are you going to do this competition? Or, you know, you, you, what are you training for right now? So it definitely makes it more enjoyable because my training can pretty much be accommodated to whatever sport I'm doing at the time. So it makes it a lot more fun to go into the gym and not just be doing the same, like programming every single day and stuff.
0: Yeah, for sure. It's the, uh, the variety of things is nice. And I, I can totally relate to what you mean. It's like that the first program I, uh, my first trainer, Scott wrote for me, included some grip stuff. And that was like, I started researching grip and uh, Dan Strauss, raspberry ape, the jujitsu guy also would post this stuff. And it was like every little bit of stuff. I, uh, other stuff I learned about was like these extra back rooms. Like if the, if like the regular bodybuilding based lifting was like the front of the club, there's like all these like million bunch of like cool back rooms that you keep going to, that's like, Mm -hmm. you go deeper and deeper into it. And it's just awesome. And, uh, that's cool that the owner of the gym was like, getting, yeah, he's, uh, he's obviously into a bunch of different stuff too then, huh?
1: Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, I know that he like, so basically he started with strong man and then, uh, he, he's a fireman. So, I mean, he had a couple buddies that were on the fire department that did, uh, like Highland games and stuff and they got him into it. And he's like, I went to my first competition. I had no idea what I was doing, but uh-huh. I got to wear a kilt and throw like heavy stuff and hang out with some cool people. So he's like, <laughs> I was pretty much addicted after that. Yeah, but he's uh, he's definitely opened a lot of doors for me too to meet a lot of cool people because he's always been the niche guy. So he'll have one buddy that will be like, Hey, I just heard about this thing, and that's kind of how he got us into Moss Wrestling. Was he was like, Hey, I know you got a lot of crazy dudes at your gym that like to get into like the wild stuff that people don't yeah. really like. You don't really see every day, so you should yeah. uh, you should check out this Moss Wrestling stuff, and then. He pretty much became a judge and started hosting at the gym and we went from having like two or three guys that were coming in to now we're up to like almost double digits for people that are coming in and actually training with us on the weekends and wanting to do stuff so. Oh cool. That's awesome. Yeah, Uh, For the people that don't know explain what Moss Wrestling is. So basically Moss wrestling, it started out in Yakutsk, Russia and Moss wrestling, basically Moss transfers over to stick. So it's basically stick wrestling, but, uh, basically you sit across from your opponent and you have, you have to do mixed grips. So one person will have the outside, one person will have the inside. And then basically the Russian commands are bolem, check. And when they say that, then you basically have to pull as hard as you can against your opponent. So it's... It's kind of fun in the aspect of there's a lot of guys that have brute strength that can just pull you right over the board, but there's also a lot of other guys that, you know, they're up on their heels and their toes dancing across the board trying to get the other person to basically run out of steam or basically just try to ninja the stick out of their hand. So I've seen a lot of really cool people that have – they do jujitsu or arm lifting or the steel bending and stuff that are also in the Moss Wrestling community because you have to have a ton of grip strength holding that piece yeah. of wood pulling against those other people so i mean it's it's definitely a test of will and grip and back and all that stuff so it's kind of cool to see how many people are into the same niche stuff because it's like you said there's so many doors that open into like the same room essentially yeah. so
0: that's cool and how do they determine who gets the inner and who gets the outer on the, the so uh,
1: so when you go to start uh, there's a blue side and there's a red side though. Pre- the judge will present to one side and then that person gets to pick their grip. And then after that first match, the second match, they'll present the stick to the other person and then they get to pick their grip. Okay. And then if there's a, and then if there's a tie, they'll have a third match. And essentially what they do is they roll this cube that has reds and blues all over it. And then if it lands on red, obviously red gets to pick their grip. If it lands on blue, blue gets to pick their grip. So.
0: Now is there some guys that prefer the inner to the outer or is it like one oh, is exclusively better
1: definitely. it's it is all about strategy so uh, a lot of guys that pick the inside are either usually what we like to call like the power pullers that are literally just gonna try and pull as hard as they can right off the back or they're gonna try to stoika you and yeah. then uh, a lot of the outside, which I prefer the outside most of the time because you can actually jerk the stick a little bit like this to try and wiggle it out of their hands. And it's a lot easier to do that on the outside than it is on the inside. But also if you're, uh, if you're good at defense and you're trying to move, it's a lot easier to make the stick actually move with your body instead of against your body. If you're on the outside as opposed to the inside. So. Nate,
0: I like the, uh, the tactics of those things. Like I never even thought about, tactics being involved with like, uh, arm wrestling until I talk to class oh. or something like that. That's yeah, wild.
1: I was going to say when I watched, when I watched your podcast with him, I was just laughing because he, uh, he was bringing up all these points and stuff. And it just reminded me of the first time I ever did an arm wrestling competition. You know, I was that kid that was like, Oh, we used to do matches at the lunch table where it's like yeah. this. And he was explaining all like the wrist training and other things. And I'm just like, yeah, I had no idea that there was that much technicality to it. Cause I went in there and I got smoked on every yeah. single round. These guys were just taking me down in like two seconds. And I'm like, I literally blinked. What happened? Like, Holy yeah. crap.
0: <laughs> were you in a bunch of pain? Everybody says like arm wrestling meets are just so brutal on the, on the well, joint.
1: So here's the thing. I think and I'm I'm laughing at myself because I I mainly did it because John was going to host it. He bought a table and he was like, "All right, we're gonna we're gonna try this and see who all is going to yeah. come to the gym." Because he said apparently there's a pretty decent sized arm wrestling community here in the Midwest. So, yeah. but the, my matches were over so quick that I couldn't really be in pain because these yeah. guys were just coming out of nowhere with like all this technique and this brute force. And I'm like, how are they putting me down so fast? But also at such like weird angles. And yeah. uh, my buddy. My buddy, Chris Smith, who, uh, is also been competing in Moss wrestling with us. He got into it because he came to the meet and he's like, Hey, I heard you guys do Moss wrestling. I've been watching the videos. I've been really wanting to get into it because I'm tired of just doing arm wrestling. I want to do grip and Moss and all that stuff too. But he's got such strong wrist stability from all the years of training that like he can go round for round for round for round in Moss wrestling and not really have that pain in his forearms and stuff. But Oh, yeah. Uh, he's always telling us, he's like, if you want to be in a lot of pain, go to an arm wrestling practice and do like 20 matches that day. He said, you'll literally be sitting in a chair, like just your arm will be literally pulpitating like this and your yeah. muscles are just going to be shaking like crazy. And I'm just like, that's, that's a lot of wrist work and a lot of forearm work for sure. So Yeah, man.
0: And with the mouse rest, like there's a, there's a plank in between, like where you post up your feet.
1: So there's a, there's a board and there's two black lines and your Uh. feet can be anywhere inside of those black lines at the start. And then as soon as they give the commands, they can be outside of those black Uh lines. So you'll notice that uh, one of the best tactics I see all the time is there's a lot of guys that uh, they'll lean their body into one way. So they get themselves positioned to where as soon as they give the command, they can move one foot outside of that black line. And bury themselves so deep back here that their opponent literally cannot pull them from that angle. So basically, it's either you pull as hard as you can that way and then pull them over, or if you're uh-huh. pulling against somebody that's a lot heavier, you can anchor yourself until they get tired and then try to outwalk them, type of thing. So that uh-huh. goes to what we were talking about earlier with the size thing. Is I practice with uh, my buddy Adam at our gym. He's been to, he went to Poland the one year for the World Cup and placed fourth. And then just recently placed third at the world cup in Finland. And I mean, he's, he's a big dude. So when I train with him, I basically have to rely on, okay, I've got to anchor myself in a position to where he can't pull me or he's going to struggle to pull me. Otherwise I know I'm just going to go flying over the board type of thing. So,
0: yeah. Wow. That's crazy. And how, how are the, do the matches have a duration or is it just until
1: someone uh, lets go? So basically there's, there's, there's a couple ways that you can win or lose. You either, you either have to pull the stick out of the person's hand or like get it to where they have one hand on the stick or okay. uh, you need to be able to get both feet off of the board. So like if the, okay. the crazy thing is, is I didn't realize this until after a couple months of training and doing it. But if you have one foot on the board, even for a brief moment of time, you're still okay. As long as you bring that other foot onto the board. Because I always thought that if, I always thought it was, if you got one foot off the board, then you could win. But there's some guys that do like a dance to where they'll, they'll plank one foot and then they kind of walk one way and they, they (laughs) might bring their foot off a little bit, but then they'll bring it back and then do like a stomp maneuver to where they turn like that. Um, and then obviously if you pull them over the board or something like that, then that kind of, you win that, but.
0: Wow. That's crazy. man. So what was the, uh, the progression of things? Like, it sounds like your coach at the gym just like showed you all of this stuff. So was, did you sign up for like a regular strongman
1: event first? Was that like the starting place after you did the powerlifting stuff? So basically when I got into the gym and I started getting introduced to like the strongman and everything, uh, I did like, uh, I did like one or two like little meets that weren't like they were like, you know, kind of like the beginner meet where it's like a buddy was having something at the gym or something like that. Okay. Or, yeah. um, I think one of my favorite first strongman competitions I did was John actually hosted a, uh, a strongman competition for our gym and it was called Sticks and Stones. And that's where I found my love for natural stones was literally the competition was, okay, we're doing these strongman events, but we're only using like actual logs that I cut from trees Oh, and natural stones so we had yeah. to do like a stone carry with denny stones we had to do uh overhead press with like these giant logs that we had no idea what they weighed he just was like i'll tell you what they weigh you just need to press them and then we'll tally up the points and everything <laughs> and then we had to like shoulder the, the stones and do that kind of stuff so yeah that was like that was definitely an eye-opener for me for this is a lot of fun and i like a lot of this niche stuff so yeah it it eventually got to the point where then I started doing like the arm lifting competitions and then the moss wrestling competitions. And then I think I've probably only done a few strongman competitions, but I've also done a few handful of arm lifting and then a handful of like the moss wrestling too. So
0: nice.
1: It's just it well, and I've done a few Highland games as well. So but it like it was like a domino effect. I did a couple strongman, then a yep. couple Highland, then the arm lifting and then the moss wrestling. So gotcha
0: sounds like a common trajectory uh it makes sense that steel bending is now in the mix there
1: oh yeah definitely
0: (laughs) and uh that competition sounds cool that sounds a little bit like uh, alberta's uh, strongest viking which uh my good buddy uh dave uh got gold in last year and i think uh the dude beard and boulder troy up there is uh planning for the next one and it's basically all these events all natural stones and i think the next one might be just all stones period but uh, everybody check that out especially if you're in canada um but yeah so so how long ago was this like it sounds like everything happened pretty quickly like uh when did you join the gym and get into all this stuff
1: um trying to think of how long ago it was man it's been It's been quite a while. Uh, So I graduated high school in 2012. And then I didn't start actually weightlifting until probably about like 2015 ish. And and then it was like, maybe like a year and a half of powerlifting. Then I kind of got into strongman. But it was one of those things where I had like just been introduced to it. So I knew that there were like competitions and stuff. But I probably waited almost like a year before I actually did any competitions, because I was like, well, I'm still learning this. I'm still trying to train some of this stuff. I'm like trying to get my numbers up and trying to like figure things out and stuff. So I've always been, I've always been like a reserved person to where when I start something, it's like, I kind of want to like ease my way into it and get the progression going before I like just jump the gun and be like, all right, I'm going to do my first competition now. And then, you know, end up going there and getting, like, wow, I was not expecting any of this stuff and going home like, man, I really need to go back to the drawing board and get this figured out. So,
0: sure, yeah, that's awesome.
1: So how
0: do do you feel like the steel bending, uh, getting into that compares to getting into all this other stuff? Is it different? Is it the same? Like, how has it been uh, sort of like, because it is like different and the same in a lot of ways um, Mm -hmm. for me when I think about it. So what, how do you feel about that?
1: Um, I think it was something exciting because, uh, ever since, uh, ever since my fiance and I, ever since we had our daughter, uh, it it's obviously, you know, when you become a dad, it's one of the most amazing things in the world, but also you, you have to, you have to change your schedule around things like will happen and things like that. So I think one thing that I really love about this is that it's something that I can do at home or that I can do like on the road and things like that. It's, it's something where it's like, I don't need a bunch of equipment to be able to do it. It's just like stone lifting. You know, I could go out in the backyard and I got a couple stones or like I can go walk in a field and find a stone. It's, it's something where it's, it's a full body workout for me when I'm getting to some of these harder nails and bolts. Yeah. And it's, it's fun for me because I can take in like, you know, half hour to maybe like hour, hour and a half out of my day when I'm at home with her and, bend a couple nails in between like, you know, launch or this or that. And, uh, it's also just something exciting too, cause it gives me something to really work towards. So it's like, I've been trying to do it like either I'll do it two days in a row and then take a couple days off or I'll do it every other day. And it's, it's definitely made me more like, uh, aware of the fact that it's, it's something I can add into my training all the time. And it definitely helps with like the mobility aspect of things. Cause my shoulders have felt great ever since I started this. I always used to be the guy that, you know, it's like, all right, I need to get in the gym and really work on my shoulder mobility. Cause it's just, it's, it's either not there from doing this or doing that, or I didn't, you know, do a whole lot of anything yesterday. So it's time to wake everything up. It's, it's forced me to be more conscious about like, uh, staying limber but also keeping some of these areas strong that definitely can you can lose a lot of it in you know just a matter of like weeks so
0: yeah Uh, that's cool that's cool to hear because it's usually people like oh my shoulders are messed up from double overhand but it uh it must be like the uh the scapular retraction or whatever they say that's probably Mm -hmm. like opening up your shoulders um but uh yeah it's like it's interesting to me because it's i think because there is so much technique involved. Uh, I guess it's like anything, but I I find that steel bending was a little bit unique with it because it's like the beginning stuff, isn't that hard. You just have to unlock the way to do it. You know what I mean? Like, so I don't, I always say like to people that don't really know, I say that I said, steel bending is not a trick but there's certainly a trick to it. You know what I mean? Like it's oh, uh, definitely. Yeah. Because if you don't have the technique right, you'll never, it won't budge. But then as you hone the technique, it becomes easier and easier. And until you reach a certain level, and then it becomes about being stronger and stronger. Um, but uh, what did you think? Like when you first uh, got, got the, uh, when you hit your first nail and it moved, like, what was that feeling like?
1: Honestly, I was pretty shocked because I, I, I looked at some of those nails that you sent me and I was like, I'm a little intimidated by some of these, like they're, they're pretty, uh, these are some pretty, cause so another backstory here, I worked in the lumber industry for quite like, probably like five years. I worked at a lumber yard that my dad had been an outside salesman for. So, I mean, I, I had known about a lot of these nails that people are bending in different metals and stuff. And then I've also got my grandpa who does custom welding for trailers and stuff. And so when you sent me some of those, I was like, "These aren't like these aren't like little kitty nails, or like you know nails that like I was expecting. Like these are like some thick, strong boys that are definitely got a lot of like weight and momentum to them for sure." Yeah, they're not.
0: They're quarter inch. They're not like a little penny nail you hang up like a
1: stocking with or something. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. So uh, when I started hitting those nails, it, it felt really good because it was, it was more so of like me trying to validate, like, okay, you're strong. You just need to figure out, like you said, you need to figure out what the trick is. And when you figure out the trick and you actually get it to bend and like kink, or even just move even a little bit, you're like, man, all right. Okay. I'm, I'm putting in some progress here. Like this, this feels pretty good. And plus it's just, it's, it's a fun challenge too, because you pick it up and sometimes not all the nails are the same too. So like one might feel really easy and then you go and buy another one from another place. And you're like, Oh, it's a little bit harder than the other one. So I might have to like, you know, do a different trick or I might have to like actually put in a little bit more pressure to it and stuff. So I think that's one thing that's like really fun and challenging about it is that, you know, you really have to push yourself and really learn what works for you. And then it becomes extremely technical after that, because, once you get to like the, through the technical points, like you said, it's all strength from there, but finding that technical groove and actually getting into it, it's been forcing me to be a little bit, a little bit more disciplined with some of my other lifts too, because it's like, okay, I can't get sloppy. Like I need to be able to flow with these movements. And it's definitely helped remind me that, oh, when I'm disciplined with some of this stuff, I can actually put some more weight up or I can actually do more than what I thought I could. So
0: yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, for sure. Uh, and that's cool that you're working on the lumberyard. I was wondering if you grew up like working a physical job because that seems to be a common thread of, amongst most guests. Not all, but most uh, had some type of like hardish manual labor in their past. Oh yeah, builds the foundation, right?
1: <laughs> yep, exactly.
0: <laughs> uh, so what's your training looking like these days? Are you on a particular schedule of training or you're just fitting it in? Uh, I talk strength training in general here, not just
1: bending. So, uh, so I basically right now it's, uh, whatever days I can get into the gym, I'll get in there. But majority of the time, I've, the way I've been trying to run it is I've got, uh, I've got, uh, the Arnold that I'm competing at for Moss wrestling here in like three months. So right now, a lot of it's geared towards the Moss wrestling. So, I take about two days a week to try and train like my mobility for like my hips and my back and stuff. So I do a lot of stability training. Um, So that could look anything from like what we were talking about earlier, where I stack a bunch of the bumper plates and then take a trap bar and do like negative deadlifts to keep that lower back open and keep my shoulders tight from a distance. Because when you're going to pull against somebody, when they go on the when you have to go on the defense, you're rounding forward a lot. So the more pressure they're putting on you, the easier it is for you not to be on the defense. So if you strengthen that defensive position, it's easier to try to rope everything back. So two days out of the week, I've been trying to do a lot of like that training. And then the other three days of the week is like basically a split where I'm trying to do like some kind of a conditioning thing to keep my athleticism up, but then also trying to keep like strength up. So like a lot of Zerker squats or a lot of stone holds and things like that to strengthen the upper back and, the core and all that stuff so
0: nice uh, what are you doing for the athleticism stuff specifically
1: so uh, basically a lot of it is uh we'll take like bands and we'll attach them to something then you get on the board and you just you try to pull back as far as you can and then try to walk while you're doing oh, cool. that so it makes you faster with your feet but also you know you're actually forcing yourself to be pulling against at least something and then kind of working on the movements and then I've been doing like a lot of box jumps or like if uh, if it's like me and my daughter at home, uh, I'll do like uh, like burpees in the living room or something like that. Yeah. Just little things like that to work on, like explosive movements, because obviously you got to be explosive on the board when you're trying to yeah. pull or be on the defense and stuff. So
0: you doing any like pull ups hanging off the moss stick or whatever. That's like a jujitsu thing. Everybody throws their gi over the power rack and they're like doing pull ups on it.
1: See, I think I am I I think I need to start implementing those, but I've been actually doing uh, the tip tester a lot. So, like, oh, I'll nice. put, like, not a lot of weight on it, but I, I basically take my fingertips and then just try to curl them onto that so that way I can get used to actually having a better, tighter grip on the stick. Because a yeah. lot of times we'll do with the denny rings and we'll, like, try to rest it in the palms. But once they get up into your fingertips, you know, that's when people start to lose the stick. But I've told yeah. people if you can strengthen the fingers, too, you can get that tighter lock just from the get go. And if you get the tighter lock, then you don't have to worry about it slipping as much. So, yeah. And what's the diameter on that stick? Is that what it's called? Or uh,
0: is it a I stick? think
1: it's uh trying to think how, geez, I've looked at them like a minute. So, uh it's, you know, like those closet doll rods. Uh huh. It's basically that. And then it's like, uh I'm trying to remember how long it's probably about this long, but it's, yeah, it's basically what it is. It's a closet doll rod, but it's made out of oak. So,
0: three three three-eighths of an inch or something like that something
1: like that probably okay
0: so so kind of skinny gotcha yeah wow that's cool yeah that's i love like the specific training like that you know it's like sometimes you can go over specific but the specific stuff is always like super interesting mm
1: -hmm. well and that's the other thing too is like the having the having the steel bending involved in it too kind of it makes me feel like i have a little bit of freedom because yeah. I've always been the type of person where it's like, I literally from age five to 19, you know, my, my training was planned out for me all the time. And so yeah. like, I constantly was like getting bored. Cause it's like, I felt like I was just getting in the pool and doing a routine and I knew it's what worked, but yeah. I was just like, man, I don't have like any kind of freedom with this whatsoever. Right. And when I stepped in and started doing all this stuff, it was like, oh, there's all sorts of different, cool, crazy old time strength movements I can do. There's natural stones, there's Atlas stones, there's moss wrestling there's all sorts of like well even with the highland games training too you know like implementing the throws and some of the other things and stuff it gave me a lot of freedom to enjoy training again but also being able to get strong in multiple different avenues too so
0: for sure so if you basically just stunt to uh, stuck to the double overhand so far oh for
1: for, oh yeah 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 yep
0: yeah, we um, got to get you on some reverse bending because I think that's probably like the greatest developer of wrist strength. Like, so w- w- where you have the bar like this and you're you're bending it like that, um, mm-hmm. That that's the style I hated and uh, because it's so hard and it just cuts down your power so much because you can't really use any back and it's just like a strictly wrist. But I could see that really carrying over to uh, the sport of moss. Uh, oh
1: yeah and that's the thing that's crazy is a lot of the grip implements that we use for arm lifting that you know normally wouldn't be in a competition or something like that or that are in a competition have become some of my best friends again because the the amount of wrist curls that i started doing since i've done moss is just absolutely asinine and then the uh the one block curl that iron Mine made where it basically looks like oh, a yeah. little brick with the loader thing. That's become one of my best friends too. I, I can, I do that at the gym. And then even if I'm just sitting at home, I can, you know, my daughter's watching TV or taking a nap. I can sit there yeah. and just do wrist curls for like, you know, <laughs> 20 minutes on end. So,
0: yeah. You know, you know what I find with grip too? It's like a weird thing. Uh, I might've said this on the podcast before, but it's like, I find it to be so weird with grip is like, there's just this hard cutoff where it's like, even if I wanted to sacrifice my health or safety to like, to lift the thing up, like you could with like a deadlift or a squat, say like, you can just be like, I'm throwing form out the window. I'm just going to move, you know, like at risk of your own injury. But with grip, it's like, it just shuts off at a point, you know, it's like, you're fine, you're fine, you're fine, you're fine, fine. now it doesn't move.
1: (laughs) Well, and that's the, we made a, we made a joke when we first started getting into the arm lifting. We're like, man, it's amazing how literally one pound can literally make or break whether you're going to be able to budge something. And, uh, I think one of the funniest things is like you said, I was, I could, I could get a new grip toy in the mail and I'd be lifting and lifting and lifting. And I'd be like, man, this thing is moving so great. And so fast. And then all of a sudden it's like, I make a two and a half pound jump and it's like, it's not even moving off the floor. Like I'm, I'm literally pulling as hard as I can and this is literally going nowhere. So it's like <laughs> so you said, weird. you, 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 it's, it's like you said, it's any other kind of thing. You can be like, okay, I don't care. I'm throwing my back out the window. If my legs get hurt, whatever. But like, as soon as you go to grab that apparatus, you're like, lit. No, nope. Can't yep. even, can't even move it off the ground. Like it is mm-hmm. what it is.
0: <laughs> it's pretty weird like that. And bending is, I guess bending could be like that a little bit but not as much because you'll see like a slight bend in it it's like you'll get you'll have a little bit more like a hope than where you just like grab the rolling thunder and it's like glued to the floor
1: <laughs> yeah and you're just like well okay it's not moving it's just well, this is the stopping point today <laughs> yeah so you've
0: progressed pretty quickly i sent uh kyle out like some uh timber ties and some galvanized 60ds and some regular 60ds and then a. Uh, grade five and he's uh been able to bend all of those things in a pretty pretty short period of time so tell me what that uh taking down that grade five was like because that's that's not an easy bend
1: Whew. yeah that uh that was pretty rough uh if I had to I had to like tell myself because part of my problem is too is uh I'm I'm still getting used to the whole rolling like process like getting it wrapped tightly so like I've been I've been looking at like different ways or how people will do different clamps and things like that and stuff. And so I think part of my problem was, especially with some of those standard nails was I wasn't wrapping them tight enough. And then all of a sudden I'd wrap one tighter and it's like, oh, there's literally no spin. I'm like, I'm getting all the leverage I need on it. Whereas like the first time I've been a standard, I went to go and it it just, once I got to a certain point, like my hand would slip or do something like that. And it's because I wasn't wrapping them tight enough. Mm -hmm. So I think once I finally got the equation down, I've definitely got a lot more leverage on stuff, so it's been a lot easier to get some of that stuff. but yeah there I had to use a lot of power on that grade five that was that was pretty brutal,
0: yeah, it's you'll be amazed like in what'll what'll come in next week or next month and the month after, and like wrapping is unfortunately like so crucial because yeah you're you're gonna lose power. So much power by just any little bit of slip, any or, little
1: slip or movement or anything uh, like that.
0: And for a long time, I was like, "What is all these people marking the bar where to put the wrap?" And then I started doing that. Like eventually, your wraps will be so worn in that you'll see where you put the thing. Mm-hmm. But I would recommend uh, drawing little marks on on uh, in from the end of the bar on both sides at two inches or an inch and a half, anywhere between an inch and a half and two inches, whatever feels comfortable to you. So the, the wraps are symmetrical and that'll give you like a nice even bend. And then also like you probably see guys where they hit it and then they spin the bar and then they hit it again. And that's to compensate it from like being an uneven bend, which, mm-hmm. which will make it exponentially harder. Um, well, I started doing
1: when- that with some of those bolts cause, uh, I went and got all those grade twos just to practice with the actual bolt itself. And, yep. uh, there were a couple of times where I'd practice doing the turnaround because, uh, that, that bolt head, when it gets, starts to dig into your hand like that, like you, you get a lot of pressure, but it's like, it starts to get to a point where it's like, man, this is like digging real deep. And it's starting to get to the point where if I keep pushing, I'm either going to mess up my hand or like, I'm just, that's a lot of pressure. So when you, when I turn it around, I feel like, especially if it's like a, the way I got that grade five was. I was putting a lot of pressure on the non head side. So I'd rest the head side on one hand. And then when I wanted to do that, I'd turn it around and pump the other way. So that way I wasn't wearing the crap out of my hands and actually able to get it down.
0: Yeah. I really recommend like watching, uh, you know, the, the elite watch Josh Goldthorpe and Don Cummings and these guys and, um, uh, squeezes skill, you know, all these guys like, uh, you'll see like they'll start it here and then they'll lock it out and come down. Like I always like describe it like a Muay Thai elbow uh, when uh, describing that like before you're ready to crush it and you've already kinked it. Sometimes it's like, looks like you're throwing an elbow. Um, there's all these different ways of like creating leverage and you'll notice that sometimes you'll just try something and it moves a whole bunch. You know, it's just like you, you, you have the power. It's just about like manipulating the steel and um, but, uh, it's a head game too, isn't it? Right. Oh, it it,
1: is. It'll (laughs) mess with you. Cause like you said, so I've tried a couple of those different, like the, like you said, the blow and then like some of the other things and like, I'll, I try it with some of these other different bolts or like nails the first time I bend them. And like, I try one technique and it wouldn't go anywhere. And then all of a sudden it's like you said, you know, you could throw a bow or do something like that. And you're like, Holy crap, this moved with so much ease and so much power. And then, like the first time I used that technique, I actually stopped because it was kinking so fast that I kind of shocked myself and I let yeah. go. And I'm like, oh, I should have just finished the bend. I don't know why I stopped. I was just so like <laughs> shocked that it worked. So I was like, oh, cool. And then I'm like, oh, I still got to yeah. finish this off. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, man. It's, uh, that's why I was like psyched to talk to you because in the beginning where stuff is starting to click before you've really had too many like, things stop you in your tracks it's like so uh fun it's like i i was like when i was like so into it i was literally be falling asleep and thinking about the bends that i wanted to do the next day you know like uh, yeah it's just it's funny but it's it will come a time where you have to like rest more as like i think i was saying a message to you it's like i'm bending like so sporadically now but Actually, I was getting a little crazy about it like a week ago, getting too much into it. I gotta <laughs> dial it back. Um, but uh, it seems like as you go on, like more rest is better. Like this is so taxing. Oh, it's, an yeah. assault. it's an assault on your central nervous system. And you, you need to let it like uh, rebuild if you're doing stuff that's like at the top of your uh, abilities. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, and that's what I've noticed, too, because like I like you said, when when you sent me that I like I went stir crazy that first week that I had it I was like trying to bend like literally every day and uh, I was like I think if I take a break and like don't overkill it and just like maybe designate like two days a week or like maybe if I only do it like one day I'll try to get something new and then another day I'll just take a couple of the ones I'm getting better at bending and just try to do it faster with a different technique like I've noticed that it's things have moved a lot easier but also like I think that's part of what's helping with my shoulder mobility is it's forcing me to actually stay mobile. So when I do go to bend some steel, I'm not all locked up and happen to do like, you know, rotations and things like that to try and ease my way into that kind of stuff. So,
0: yeah. Yeah. And, uh, we got to get you on one of these certs. Uh, so speaking of that, obviously everybody knows the Hurrito uh, roster is the best and, um, if anybody wants to save on some badass bolts from Germany, you got to use the promo code cheers to help support the show. Have you checked that site out at all?
1: I have not. I was going to say, but between you and a couple other people, I'm starting to learn about all these new sites for like horseshoes and bolts and all these other different things. Because at first I was just relying on going to Home Depot and Lowe's and just finding all like the basic stuff there. But now that I'm getting into some of these bigger boys, it's like, man, these are hard to find at places. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, what's nice about Harito's site is like similar to couch potato. Um, the, and the golden potato roster is he, he has a roster of, you know, if you bend the bolt within the conditions and the rules, you'll, you'll get placed on the roster, depending on the grade of the bolt and stuff like that. And it's just cool, um, to, you know, get your, get your name up on that list of, uh, people that have done the bends and stuff like that. So Everybody make sure you are using the promo code cheers to help out Jan and help out the podcast. And then the other thing is one day this week, you got to do the, uh, the, uh, beyond the bend challenge. So that's for the, uh, the month of January is to bend a bolt or nail of your choice in a dish towel, old school style, get rid of these wraps, just wrap it up like a cigar in a towel and just take that thing down. Don Cummings has a great video I used for the uh, poster for it of him bending a red nail in a uh, dish towel, and it's so brutal. It's it's like so gnarly. It's awesome.
1: Well, I think that's another thing that's kind of cool about the whole steel bending thing too is that there's like there's there's like a culture to it and like a history behind it, and that's one yeah. thing that I loved about seeing like with the strongman stuff and the Moss wrestling and the Highland Games is that there's such like a rich history and like a brotherhood behind. A lot of the stuff, because if you notice in some of these sports, that a lot of these guys, it's it's not necessarily talking smack. A lot of dudes are just trying to support one another, and they make like a fun game out of it, you know. Because when we used to do a grip training on the weekends when we were really really big into grip, uh, there was always smack talk. Like you know, yeah. it's like oh, I beat you by five pounds today, or you know, things like that, just like little things. But also, there's such a cool community of like for new beginners where like me, I'm, I'm not afraid to ask half of these people questions about technique yeah. and stuff, because I know that they're going to be like, yeah, I started in your shoes. Like, if that doesn't work for you, try this or like, try that or like, hey, hit up this guy. He does a lot of the style that you're trying to do or this or, you know, yep. it's, it's cool. It's I like it a lot. seems
0: to be one of the key components of the community is the fact that people are asking each other stuff and giving advice and supporting each other and a friendly you know one-upsmanship you know I did all these contests last year of you know like uh cutting down red nails and it was like you know somebody would chop a half inch off the next guy would chop an inch off the next guy would chop two inches off you know it's like this is really cool it's it's all in good fun I mean I, I think everybody's fiercely competitive in their own uh way but it's uh, all in uh good fun for sure Oh, definitely. And, uh, yeah so you gotta go if you have any timber ties left go wrap one up in a dish towel and take that thing down <laughs>
1: <Heck> yeah <laughs> i still oh, like that. what you did with the home depot bag where you just tore a couple <laughs> pieces off and then just I, I saw that and i was like all right so yeah
0: that's uh uh, I think the first time I saw Josh Goldthorpe, Chuck and Canuck, uh, uh he, he, was bending a grade two bolt with just two tissues in each hand. He like balled up a, a tissue in each hand and bent a, a, a quarter inch grade two, I think, um, yeah. is, is a cool feat. That's a, definitely a cool one. And, uh, yeah, the minimal pad stuff is cool. It's, it hurts, but it's definitely like a, a cool spectacle and, uh. That's like also on Harito's site is like there's all the there's the regular main double overhand cert. But then there's also uh, reverse double underhand, single pad bending, uh, snapping, braced bending. So the the whole thing is represented there. It's awesome. Even barehanded, which is uh, insane.
1: Yeah, that's man. That's and I think that's one thing that's kind of cool about this steel bending is like if you look at some of these people that do like the Denny stones and like some of these dudes are literally just bare handing it and then there's other people that are using like gloves and other stuff like I think it's kind of cool because it's it's almost like a mind over matter type of thing too because like you said you hit those plateaus where it's like it's not really budget and you're just getting really frustrated with yourself and you know I think it's kind of a fun way to challenge yourself because you're like you know what I gotta have a positive attitude and like think I can do this I can get past the pain I can get past this weird feeling like it's it's definitely one of those where it's it's just not only rewarding physically but like mentally you're like okay awesome I bent that I did that I pushed through it like it it was worth it
0: for sure so what's uh I know you have the Arnold coming up for the Moss uh wrestling Uh, anything else on the horizon competitively planned
1: so um I've got that and then I know we've got a competition for Moss in LA and I can't remember where that's at and then uh I don't, I might sprinkle in like a strongman competition or two in the next couple months just depending on where they're at and like what they're doing and stuff but uh I know for sure one of the strongman competitions I'll definitely be doing is my buddy uh Sean he uh he put on a um there's an Oktoberfest in Ohio and he did a strongman competition with like just the essential like old time strongman stuff where it's like you know there's like a giant keg press and then there's a uh um a Steinberg stone that yeah. we used last year was like probably like 500 510 pounds and it basically was like a Ukrainian deadlift with a Denny ring and a giant natural stone yeah. So definitely gonna do that because you know that's my bread and butter I love that old time stuff with the stones and everything um that uh you know, Sean
0: Urquhart that you're talking about yeah mm-hmm. hell yeah yeah I'd w- like to have Sean on here one of these days I want to start I'm going to st- Actually, I'm going to start like a little sub series called Beyond the Stone and uh, and do a stone lifting thing because uh, I want to talk to some of these guys.
1: He like the stories he was telling me at that competition, like some of the rocks that he got to see, but also just the history behind those stones. Like yeah. I was telling you, I'm a I'm a huge history nerd when it comes to the history behind like some of the steel bending and the old strongman lifts and yeah. things like that. And I think one of the coolest things to be able to do is lift some of these manhood stones that you know was literally like a rite of passage for some of these yeah. guys are just like you know it's like stones that people normally wouldn't be able to just go find and like do you have to actually like hunt for it and get like a map from the locals and go like yeah. do it like it's just it's an adventure in itself and like the stories he was telling me and like the videos he was showing me and stuff like that's just that's definitely something I is on my bucket list of what I want to do in the near future so
0: Yeah. Did you get to watch uh, the Utah Stones of Strength that Ryan Stewart uh, was part of? Yeah. That that thing was awesome. So straight out to the backyard that day. I was like, I got to lift the (laughs) stones.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, and then, I mean, even with the uh, so there's that uh, the old man of the stones map where yeah. uh, it's got all those stones across the United States and stuff. So yeah. John the owner the donor of Stout, he actually has two stones in his front yard called the Stout Stones oh, hell and yeah. they're on they're on the map. Okay. Oh, cool. And uh it's not a part of my competition regiment, but I'm hoping that when things get warm again, I'm going to attempt to lift the other stone that he's got in his front yard. I think it's like I want to say like probably 310, 315, but I actually got it to here on my chest. It's just it's so big and so yeah. like there's not really very many flat spots on it so it's it's hard to get to the shoulder but yeah. i got so close to shouldering it so i was like all right i got to do that at some point this year too i got to get that thing shouldered so
0: yeah and uh yeah that's cool i like that i've got to do some stones in my front lawn <laughs> josh yeah. has uh, uh, some lifting stones too for anybody out on the uh, in british columbia or pacific northwest there so go go lift those things too think like the smaller ones like 220 or something and the bigger one's 270 and they're awesome well
1: and i know i know the dudes over at uh, couch potato i know that uh Devin was just over there not too yeah. long ago lifting some stones that they got at their house too so i'm hoping eventually maybe someday i can make it out to their neck of the woods and go lift some of their stones and do some stuff with them too because they yeah. definitely got a nice little setup going there too so
0: hell yeah yeah all right, man. Well, as we start winding it down, we'll uh, do the medley here. So what's uh, something outside of strength training and uh, all of these things we've been talking about, some other hobby that you have?
1: Uh, definitely, uh, definitely collecting music and stuff like you and I have bonded over hardcore and stuff. And I mean, I've got my CD collection here behind <laughs> me and then the vinyl over there to the left and stuff. So I mean, yeah. I'm definitely a sucker for when I travel for competitions. I have to find like, the nearest record store like the nearest like venue that's got some rich like history behind it for that kind of stuff so nice. I am definitely a sucker for flipping through the crates for hours on end looking for like <laughs> old straight edge compilations and things yeah. like that and stuff. So
0: right on. those are some cool uh tattoo prints they have back there too.
1: Oh yeah I was, I've got I've got I've got some buddies that own a tattoo shop called nice. uh freedom here in Fort Wayne and then I've got a couple buddies that tattoo like in Michigan. New York, Tennessee. Like I got, I got friends that are kind of just sprinkled throughout the place and stuff. So
0: hell yeah. All right. Uh, who's the strongest person that, you know, this could be like your grandpa or just somebody uh, that, you know, all types of strength there.
1: Um, well, it's actually funny that you said, grandpa, I mean, he, he passed away, but, uh, as far as mental strength goes, I think part of the part of what has made me the person that I am is he battled cancer for a very, very long time before he passed. And uh, I've always been a big believer. And if you, if you think you can go in and you can do it and you push your body to the limits that you do, you can't be negative about life. You got to go in there and you got to have a positive outlook on things. It doesn't matter if you didn't get sleep or you didn't eat enough that day, or, you know, you've got all mad. Cause something happened at work or something you yeah. got to think about. It could be worse. And there's a lot of other things that could be weighing me down. So, I mean, definitely when it comes to that, uh, my mindset definitely changed a lot when he passed. Cause it's like, if I'm going to be in this lifting, like I gotta, I gotta have the right mindset. I gotta go in there and not be comparing myself to other people. I'm literally battling myself every day and just trying to be better than the person that I was yesterday. So
0: for sure. Good answer. And uh, how about the best piece of advice you're ever given? This could be uh, strength related or otherwise.
1: Uh, so it's actually funny that you say that. Uh, a couple of days ago, uh, I texted John and I was like, "Hey," I said, "We're gonna do some uh, yoke training. If you want to come and join us." And I got a text back literally almost immediately saying, "Like, hey, so uh, you know, you got that, you got moss wrestling." for the Arnold coming up in three months, you should probably be training some stuff that is uh, more Moss related or is that is going to help you be more competitive in Moss. And I was like, yeah, you know what? I I probably need to put some of the strongman stuff aside for at least a couple months and focus on that if I'm going to do well on that. So uh, basically the best advice I've gotten here is if you want to be competitive at something, then you need to be training to be competitive at it. So
0: yeah, it's true it's hard to keep in mind sometimes too, for sure.
1: Yeah. And that's the thing is sometimes I feel like I, I get on a path to where I get, uh, I get focused on strength and having fun and doing that kind of stuff. And I'm like, man, you know what, if I'm going to do well at this, I need to buckle down and really think about what's going to make me more agile. What's going to make me more strong with the poles and that kind of stuff. So yeah, it, you can get a little blindsided by the fun stuff sometimes, but no doubt.
0: Yeah, for sure. I remember like when I was training for this last thing and it was mostly barbell work you know and uh i remember saying to somebody i was like i just want to go lift a stone (laughs) i don't want to do do squat bench and deadlift anymore (laughs) um all right so you haven't been in long but have you had any funny reactions from people when they find out you're i guess you've done so many weird things that you probably had some funny ones but uh anybody say anything weird or funny about you bending steel or fighting over sticks or
1: Uh, I think the funniest reaction I've ever got out of anyone is, uh, there's, there's a couple people that I work with who have done like the whole, like, Oh man, I wouldn't mess with Kyle. And you know, that kind of thing. But I think the funniest thing I've ever heard a coworker say was, you know, I've, I've watched you, I've watched you lift stones. I've watched you fight over a stick (laughs) and now I'm watching you bend steel All I have to say is, is I hope to God that I never, uh, I never piss you off in any kind of a way to where, you know, like, they're like, I'm glad that we're, we're on good terms and that I don't make you mad because, uh, yeah. And I'm like, well, you know, that I think that's the funniest thing is everybody's always saying, don't make, like, don't make him mad. You know, he's really strong and this, that, and the other, it's like, you know, I'm I'm not a good fighter. I've never done like the jujitsu. I've never done the boxing. I've never done that yeah. kind of stuff. I'm like, I'm strong, but I'm sure that you could either outrun me or, you know, like something would happen to where you just got to be able to outmaneuver me and you'd be just yeah. fine. So.
0: Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty funny. It was like, uh, you're, you're doing all this stuff so you can be uh friendly at work. Right. Was like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, outlet. I'm
1: just, I'm just fighting off demons like everybody else. <laughs> yeah. I'll
0: tell you being involved in martial arts is maybe worse or or weirder than uh this well actually i don't know because i didn't really have too many coworkers during the steel bending thing but i used to work at this machine shop and guys knew that i did jujitsu but you know to the general public like jujitsu is karate is taekwondo like it's all the same and uh so all these like 60 year old you know working dudes would just like come up to me and just like do like karate hands all the time it's just like which is like kind of funny now that i think about it but it was so irritating at the time but it's uh i don't know what they'd be thinking about me bending nails but (laughs) all right well
1: actually i do think the other funniest thing is is every time somebody sees me eating something that isn't like you know the stereotypical like bodybuilding diet they're like oh are you are you you bulking up or cheating on your diet and i'm like no i'm i'm just i'm just eating like i I don't have (laughs) to like i'm i'm not on this strict like just straight up chicken and rice and broccoli diet like i can i can eat other stuff too it's like
0: have you seen uh eddie hall
1: (laughs) yeah exactly it's like have you seen what some of these guys literally are eating to make the make the calorie intake for the day like
0: yeah all right. Uh let's see. So where can people find you if they want to get a hold of you and say what's up or ask about the gym or what's up? Social media um, stuff.
1: So obviously my Facebook name is my name Kyle Mertz, but uh I've got Instagram and uh TikTok, which is just X ugly Lifter Dad X. Um oh, yeah. But yeah, that's mainly where I post like my workout stuff or like if we've got like a competition coming up or like because sometimes we'll host competitions at the gym and uh, I post I'll post about it and put it on blast for like month and a half before the competition and stuff. So we've had guys uh, we've had guys come from like Indy and West Virginia and some of these other places to do like grip competitions and other things like that and stuff. So nice. we're always open to the public or even if somebody's like, you know, passing through uh our area like on vacation or like on a business trip or stuff you can always hit me up and we'll get you in because i know it's really hard to find niche places when you're on the road yeah. to train at so
0: and that's stout barbell right yeah stout barbell yep and that's on instagram it's stout stout yep. barbell stout Barbell. yep oh obviously you can get the sweet shirt going on heck yeah <laughs> all right kyle well this has been a blast man i'm glad we got to do it thanks for coming on
1: Hey, absolutely. Thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it. All right. We look
0: forward to seeing what you're going to be bending in the uh, near future. So uh, yep. we'll talk to you soon, man. Thanks.
1: Talk to you soon. Thanks.